But um, I agreed to do it this time. I didn't realize that it was my portion for my birthday. (laughs) Which she's been putting off. And so, yeah, I just ran smack dab into what I've been putting off. (laughs) Just the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's called um Chalak Laka. And mm-hmm. it is the Torah portion and it's me send on your behalf. And see <laughs> 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 what did you say send on your behalf. Send on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> And you want to give one of the passages, just especially yes. as we're recording it. Yeah. It is uh, Numbers thirteen, um, one through fifteen forty one. Um, so it was a lot of information just reading. The, just reading this period, um, but I'll just highlight a few things uh, that I'm talking about. Um, I wanted to talk about what really stood out to me to talk about was the um, all of chapter 13 and. And uh, most of chapter 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, God tells Moses to send men on his behalf to, to reconsider the land that he's given the people. And so this whole, this whole thing like really focuses on leadership because the people that he picks are all leaders of the tribe, mm-hmm. you know, and this, this is, this is a, a big leadership thing, which again, yeah, <laughs> at your birth, that's all I'm saying is at your birth, <laughs> and, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, what's, what's interesting is when you grow up knowing these things, someday when you have children, you will look at the portion for their birth, oh, and you will know how to raise them. If you guys, you know, if you guys had known, if you'd understood, you would have gone, "Oh, she's going to be a leader. We need to prepare her." But we didn't know to look. You know, we didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And so. And that way, you're gonna stifle some of the characteristics, right? Of the gifts that God gave them also. Right. Just hope you're not born during the big gap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so he go, you know, he gets the ten people and he sends them, he sends the the leaders out there. And um, when they came back, they had sorry, my notes. Um, I mean, they spied out the land and they, they, they did everything that Moses instructed them to do. Um, 
Oh yeah, and they came back with grapes, pomegranates, and figs mm -hmm. um, as a part of their report, you know, which seems like a pretty nice part of your report. Yeah. You know, and and then that's that's when that's when they verbally gave it, and I remember Caleb and Joshua, they they were. They were like so gung ho, like let's do this. We can do this. Look at these grapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you eat this all the time? <laughs> um, <laughs> but they had such a really positive report. But then when it came time for the others, they gave a really negative report. And I wanted to read that part. Um, Twenty yeah, twenty seven, twenty six, twenty seven. Well, that says the people around your shoes and you have to go up and you that's thirty other people she's trying to find the report from the other yeah, bad report. The bad report. Yeah, that's thirty one. You can't attack those people because they are stronger than you. Um, Yes. That's 31. Yeah. Yeah. But he goes, Caleb silenced the yeah, around those days and said we ought to go up immediately and take possession of it. There's no question that we can conquer it. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people because they are stronger than we are. And they, and they spread a negative report throughout the land. <laughs> they had the... Um, they have that they have spied out for the people of Israel by, by saying that the land that, that we pass through um, it's well they said it's a land that devours its inhabitants um, mm -hmm. and the people they saw that there were giants and we saw the Nephilim the descendants of Anak who from the Nephilim were from the Nephilim. To ourselves, we looked like grasshoppers by comparison. And we looked that way to them, too. And so it's like, they immediately got scared, whereas other people would immediately jump into God's will. They're like, let's do this, let's go. And it was, it was immediately attack on their confidence. Mm -hmm. And, um, Further on in the chapters, God, when at, you know, after they sow discord among the brethren, and and these are leaders, you know, if your leaders fall, and mm -hmm. I feel like Hasatan loves attacking leaders because if you can get to a leader, you can screw up everybody else that you know mm -hmm. might be following them. And if they're truly, and if that leader is truly following Yeshua, then the people who are following them are also following Yeshua. So it's like it's Paul not, said, Paul said. Don't take my word because I said it. Yeah. Only as I'm correctly expressing what Yeshua taught. Honey? Yes. I'm not sure why it, there's like a thunderstorm in there. <laughs> you know, he said, as I'm expressing Yeshua, follow that. Anywhere that I'm missing that up, don't don't follow me, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a part where God says, you know, if you... Something about holding him in contempt, like you'll miss his blessing. Mm -hmm. And 
I look at the word contempt and it means beneath your consideration. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's what these 10 spies did. They put God beneath their consideration. Mm -hmm. And it stopped them from receiving the blessings that they were supposed to and moving the way that they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I just decided to just randomly look up the meanings of of these people's names who who you know of the ten of the ten that basically put Lashon Hara out there, evil speech out there, and held and held God's promise into contempt. And it's funny because they brought back they brought back grapes and they brought back pomegranates and figs and what those things spoke to me was God's promise, God's instruction, God's security, his mm-hmm. prosperity, and the fact that you can just rest in him and he'll, he just takes care of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought back his promise and, and then held him in contempt. After. It's like in the garden where they didn't, they didn't even have to work, everything just grew and it was amazing and, yeah. I ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> Who were Naomi and Joshua? Yeah, no, Who were the other ten folks? Themselves. Mm-hmm. And their own power. And the mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, this is, this is interesting of how, with the portion or the piece that I, I read, um, in regards to Deborah, mm-hmm. here she is, one, one woman, mm-hmm. and she, her enemies were many. I mean, this was a horrible time for a man. Worse for a woman, right? And then when Barack says, "I can't go without you," already he could see that the Lord was in control. He really didn't recognize it, but her strength, she demonstrated her power because she had faith in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and I believe when we were looking up Barack's name, the meaning, and we did that same thing. I think it had been like Sissy Boy or something. I mean, it was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it was like a, a weak leader or yeah. something very, he well, didn't. yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I don't think there was a meaning until that point. God said, okay, this is definition. <laughs> so, but, but this is, this is interesting. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. goes with that whole and it's it's Hasetan's lie over and over and over because yes. it calls into question the character of God. Mm, yes, exactly. He says, "Yeah, the land looks great, but you think he's gonna just give it to you? You think right. he's gonna just, you know, what if he brought you here to die? What if he brought you here to, you know, for forty years everybody's been dying? What?" If, <laughs> But if he brought you here because he really is done with you. And see, we were discussing this last night, and Gil made a good point that the wounds were still fresh. Mm-hmm. You know that you know they hadn't. They remembered Pharaoh. They remembered the sea. You know they remembered the this and that. And so, you know, it is. You know, I'll I'll, I'll play the part of the ten. I could see why they were a little hurt. They saw John. After, after having fresh scars like that. Exactly. Because even after, even after, you know, they, Caleb and Joshua came mm. back with a good report and the other 10, so, you know, just completely negative and weren't focused on the Lord, that terrified the people. Right? Mm-hmm. Because they still have these fresh scars and then all of a sudden it's like, you want me to conquer what? Do what? Right. You know, but they weren't relying on God's power. They were relying on their own power. And that's where the mistake was made. But it's like, I, how can you not understand 
um, the, the people who were fearful and the people who spread Lishan Hurrah amongst amongst everybody when they haven't got a ch- gotten a chance to like fully come out of the, like get those scars healed. You know, mm-hmm. it's like being kicked when you're down. Mm-hmm. This is when they when they go out. One of my favorite favorite lines is when they, they're leaving it says they were dressed for war and they were ready to to fight but god took them around this other way because he knew if they got into a battle they wouldn't well that's these people mm-hmm. they, they're facing a battle and they're like oh, i don't think we should do this you know yeah, <laughs> i think this might be a mistake this is you know they were they were ready to, they were the ones who could get them out but they weren't the ones who could take them yeah. in yeah they were, yesterday i was um you can move it on with this. I kind of like that vision of that Moses as a leader. When he, when he gave the men the instructions to go out, mm-hmm. after God told them this was the promise, mm-hmm. and then he said, He told them to go north and to the hill to see what the land is. And if the people living there were weak or strong, right? Or if the, uh, what kind of land is good or bad. And my, my take on it was that. Well, Moses was a leader. Why is he telling them? God already told him it's good. Why right. Them that it's good or bad. And then Gil brought up the, the, the um, perspective of it that God gives us the choice like mm-hmm. in the garden of good or bad. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that God probably told Moses to put Because I'm like, what a bad leader. Tell him to go there and take it over. Well, and, and when he goes to God, something I thought was interesting about this is he says, you know, but can I, can I send them in? It wasn't like they were all good and God came and said, now, take these 10 people. And said, he's like, but can I send, can I at least send in somebody to, to look? And he's like, sure. That's kind of doubtful. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, you can go look. Yeah. You can look. It's not going to change anything. Right. Not, not what God's plan is. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Might delay it, you know, right. 40 years. But. Right. But, <laughs> 40 more years. <laughs> but then when Gil has chosen, it's like, okay, so God does give us choice. Even though he knows the beginning from the end, mm-hmm. it's for us to see what's in us, in our hearts. Right. And those 10 were very fearful. And yeah. we saw who the two strong ones were. And that's, like you said, the remnant is smaller than mm-hmm. the rest. Mm-hmm. And those two, they did to see the promise. Right. So right. The, yeah. You know, so the stronger, the remnant of the church, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus no matter what is going on around us. And mm-hmm. like you said, as long as we're not over here trying to do what we're not supposed to do, mm-hmm. whatever it's going to be, it's going to be in God's world anyway. That's right. So, That's right. I, I thought that was serious. I was like, okay, well, okay, we're going to blame Moses. And then yeah. down the other ten. Right. Yeah. And and what is, what what do their names mean? Okay, I so, want to know. I mean, well, I was, I was like, it, in my head, I was just saying, okay, God, what, what did they hear versus what did they not get to hear? You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, it's not like these people, you know, had bad intentions or bad right. names from the start. It's like, what, how could this, so this is the way it spoke to me. I'm looking at Joshua. He's, he's from the, the Ephraim, and his name means God of Salvation. And then I'm looking at Caleb, and he's from the tribe of Judah, and his name means bold, wholeheartedness, faithful, wow. and devotion. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, so I, I see them going in there, I attach it to the story, and they're like, God yeah. is our salvation. We yeah. can do this. We can be bold. We right. can go in there immediately. Like it, they're just completely. That's who they are. That's who they are. That's their name. They're they're mm-hmm. stepping into the light. They're stepping into what God called them into. So I'm like, okay, what is everybody else's name? <laughs> so it's like 
So I'm going to weed it in a way towards like what they didn't see um, in in order of the of the 10 tribes that were picked. So it, the first one, his name was Shem, Shemua, Shem, Shemua or whatever. Mm-hmm. From the, I forgot what tribe he was from, but his his name means to to follow or mm. to you know to follow or take. He's a follower. Yeah, so it's like the probably God version of that would have been like, let's okay, let's do this, let's follow God's instruction and let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas he ended up following himself. His name also means to take place of another by scheming. Mm-hmm. So he kind of fell into that by. You know, he followed the tip. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be part of this group. Which There's enemy, more people yeah, here. Yeah, enemies lies mm-hmm. scheme and put you in, in that place to follow the enemy and not God. And that's what they didn't get to see. They didn't get to see somebody be an example of following God. And then the other person, Shaphat, his name means to act like a judge, to govern. Mm. And, and so, yeah, and so he, it's like he could have totally turned down around, around for God. If, if that's where his focus was, but it wasn't. It was on the enemy. So he acted like a judge among the people, and he sowed discord among his brethren. It was like we can't, we can't do this. And and if somebody probably even thought that they could, he probably judged that right out of them. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and the important thing is that we all stay alive. The important thing is that we all. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then the other one's name was to 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 God will God will liberate. Or God redeemed. But then the other part of his name means avenger. You know, to punish somebody or make somebody repay something. And mm. so he could, like, again, he could have totally turned it around for God, but he didn't. And it's like they didn't get to see, you know, someone else. Because this is from a standpoint of leadership. They didn't get to see their leaders show an example of how God can liberate his people, of how God can, can redeem his people. Um, the next one is deliverance, but the other part of his name means flight. Was so that Palti? He wanted to run. All he wanted to do was run. And a lot of people said, you know, did you bring us out of here to kill us? We might as well just go back to Egypt. Yeah. Well, you gave us such a horrible report. We might as well just fly back to Egypt. In fight or flight, he's the flight. Yeah, he was, <laughs> it was flight. It's like deliverance yeah. or flight. Uh, fight or flight. And then yeah. it's like the, the next person's name means God is my fortune. Um, and the other person's name was similar, similar and meant fortunate, and they both came um, from the verb that means to cut or to invade, you know, and I felt mm. like the enemy used them to, to, to cut into the people, you know, because they're the leaders of these tribes. And they or they could have invaded and yeah. cut into the land. and Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Instead of showing them how to invade and cut into Right. The, um, the next one means my king's my kinsman is God. Mm. The next one means his name means destroying. The next one means uh, very secret. Uh, and then the last person's name, the tenth guy, his name means majesty of God and in his redemption. And people didn't get to see those things. Or those things were manifested in a way that served the enemy and not God. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't, when, when these are lies in your life, then you don't follow God. You become your own judge. He can't liberate you. You don't fight. So you can't get delivered. Mm-hmm. Delivered. So you can't. 
that says that God reforms you, and then you don't believe that your kinsman, that he's your kinsman, and it becomes destroyed, and everything in your life becomes very secret, and no one gets to see the majesty of God. Mm. <laughs> and that's their names in order. Mm. <laughs> Tell us again what your name means. <laughs> There's so many secrets in the Bible that make it fascinating. Mm-hmm. I was, um, and there's just so much, like, there's a lot in here that I can't even, like, talk about it all. God then, you know, people like to call it punishment, but God then says, you know, after all of that discord, they almost wanted to stone them. And and so I was like, well, God, what do true leaders do? Um, even after all that slander, after all that infection that, that spread about all those people, the first thing you see Aaron and Moses do is they fall on their faces and immediately start intercession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, intercession and prayer. Uh, while Caleb and, and, and Joshua are sitting there being, being like, you know, God is our truth, he is our salvation, we can do this, we can be bold, we can go and possess the land. And they're being slandered too. Yeah, and they're being because too. because while they're being slandered, they're still right. keeping their focus right. on the Lord. Because when you're being slandered in life, it turns around. Mm-hmm. It can turn around. And when people hate you or say mean things about you, and I know all of you guys can understand that. Yeah. Everybody in here has had somebody slander them. Um, but I was looking at. The number 40, the number of years that God said that they are to stay in the land. And that the number 40 is is the, the letter Mem. And um, and a lot of people like to relate that to the water of life. Mm-hmm. You know, a woman's womb. You know? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's two ways that you can have a Mem. It can be opened or it can be closed. Yeah. And, Bill. and the word for mother is... Um, Can you make that stop? Uh-huh. Is Ima, and um, when you when you look at that word, the letter Mim in there is open. Um, but when you look at the word, the Hebrew word that God used for the forty years that they would be in the desert, it's closed. It's a closed Mim, mm-hmm. and and it just and it also signifies God's mystery in the way that he chooses to work so you know they probably could have had an open men where the waters would be flowing and they would be birthed into a land and birthed into their promise like mm-hmm. that but they had to wait and so and it, instead of seeing it as a punishment god was like i'm gonna hold this back from you for a while you know until I'm you're gonna ready put you in the womb i'm gonna put you in the cocoon mm-hmm. and and yeah yeah until until you're till you're ready again to come out. So it, you know, and he was he was ready to smite them. But they were, you know, they just reminded me of praying for people who persecute you. Mm-hmm. You know, and there just there was just so many <laughs> messages that came out of this. It's it's just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, and I think that's why why Caleb and Joshua were able to pray because. 
while it was their report that was being slandered and them giving the report that was being slandered, the fact was they were just saying what God was doing and they were able to not take it personal because they knew if those people were slandering what God was saying, it had nothing to do with them. They were slandering God. And that, you know, when you realize that, that, that it's, it may be directed at you. It may, you may be going through the pain. You may be going through the persecution or through the, the attack, but it's not about you. It's about God. And then that's what drives you to your knees for your enemy is, well, you, you're taking on God here. Yeah. Let's, let me pray for you because yeah, you, you, you're not going to do well in this. No, you know? no. This will not, this will not end well for you if you don't pull it together. Yeah. And then, you know, rumbling just takes your mind off of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, what, on the looking aspect of they're going into the land and they see all these giants. And I just remember being a kid and growing up and everything was a giant. Everything was a giant. So I didn't think that that could be that that could be conquered, you know. But when I listened to the diss that you gave me that was encompassing this whole thing, he's just like, they went into a situation and they saw an impossibility. And they went into that situation, they were all together, and Caleb and Joshua were there too. They saw the same impossibility, but two of them were like, this is possible, and the other ten weren't. And I was telling Mom this morning, you know, like, how that all ties in together with, God wants to bring you into something that you perceive as impossible. It would be for you. It'd be impossible for you It'd to do. It'd be impossible for you mm-hmm. to do. And he's like, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know? And, oh, and he has to become <laughs> real in, in your life. He puts us in these impossible situations mm-hmm. on purpose just so his glory Amen. She's trying to comfort you. She's, yeah, she's sharing food. You want some meat? That'll help you. Maybe you need a little chip. <laughs> I want to ask you another question. Um, the ten who came back, you know, they, they went out in the land and they saw giants. I mean, they saw a difference, too. But they got their focus on the giants. They got fearful. Mm-hmm. And when they came back, you know, that's human for them to feel the fear. Yeah. What do you think the biggest mistake is that they made? The way that, okay, that's a good question because I feel like Caleb and Joshua felt the same things everybody else did, but they decided to impart God's message instead of the enemy's message. They're in a a leadership position. Even if you feel that way, you know, why share that? If it's not from God. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. And it definitely created a huge, huge problem. And I remember I was talking to my brother about courage before. And he was like, because my brother is really courageous. Oh. There's nothing that he can't do. Maybe a little too courageous. <laughs> okay, yeah, he can be a little too courageous. Like, and I really admire that about him. And he was just like, he was like, you think I don't, I don't have fear sometimes, or things don't intimidate me sometimes, because I was like, how do you do that? You just, how do you just go in and just do, just do it, you know? And, and he's like, he's like, I feel the same things you feel, you know. I just don't express that. 
I don't act on it. Courage, mm-hmm. courage is, is, is knowing, is feeling, is not denying your feelings, but but acting on God's word. Mm-hmm. Courage is not the absence of fear. Right. It's, like it's the, the ability to stand up and face the fear. No one, as your brother so well said, yeah. that God is great. Yeah. And knowing that God says, I am not the author of fear. Yeah. And when you know that and you have fear, then you say, okay, you're not the author of fear. What are you trying to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. Because we are controlled by our emotions. Yes. Yeah. And your, your, your emotions are like, I was telling mom this morning again. Your, you know, your feelings can be very misleading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that God doesn't operate that way. Trying to teach my kids, you know, feelings just are. Mm-hmm. Your feelings, your feelings are actually like, if you think about being in a car, your feelings are the dashboard lights, and and they're letting you know, you know, oh, I'm afraid, or oh, you know, I'm not liking how this is going, and and if you can acknowledge your feelings and you you learn to understand them, then if somebody's encroaching on, you know, like your boundaries, like pushing in, the quicker you recognize it, the quicker you can go, hey. No, I'm not letting you in. This is this is what God this is what God's told me to do. This is how God has me living. I'm good. You know, thank you for your love and your care, but I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna let you come in and talk to me about those things or condemn me for those things. And and so recognize when you recognize the fear, which just is, it's an indicator of where you are. It's an indicator of what your level of confidence is and what your, you know, level of faith is. And when you have fear it's either a time to run or it's a time to let God have the glory. And that's how your faith grows. Because every time you sit and wait and let God do it and let God win and let God step in and show you what he can do, your faith grows. And it's not the other way around. It's not like you muster the faith so that because God's waiting going, well, when you have a certain amount of faith, then I'll do it. You know, God knows what your faith is. And and at that point where you're you're fearful, it's that waiting. If you just wait, then he'll, you know, then you're there when he does it. Um, like, you know, for us when we realized we started seeing we stopped using credit and we started seeing all of these miracles and realizing oh we were just jumping in and fixing everything before in our own strength. And when we stopped doing that and we had to wait, then we saw all these miracles. It's not that God didn't want to do them before, but, you know, God's not racing our, our desire to fix it ourselves. He's not like, wait, wait, let me do it first. You know, let me jump in there and fix it for you. He, he wants to show us. Yeah. Cause then we wouldn't, we wouldn't appreciate it. We wouldn't recognize it as much. And that's why they said, yeah, they're giants. If God wants us to be there, he'll take care of it. Yeah, and God's the giants were there before they went Right, right. It's not like God was going, wait, there's giants there? What? You know? <laughs> I didn't know there were giants. <laughs> now, if I'd have known that, I'd have taken you somewhere else. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this, this, applies to, this applies to the, the authority you allow to take. You've got authority that you allow to take over your, your, your life. And it applies on a very personal, intimate, in your own head type of scale, all the way to a very broad, global leadership mm-hmm. scale too. I mean, I can see it from that standpoint all the way across the board to even something even bigger. And it just, 
And not only that, not only that huge scale does it cover, but it also covers that huge scale in the spiritual realm, in the physical realm, in the emotional realm, in the social realm, mm-hmm. you know, in the economical realm, just, just, just on all different platforms, on all different scales. Mm-hmm. I, I think that one of the other lessons in that is that when you're seeing people's response to things, you're also seeing not their faith necessarily, but how much have they surrendered to God yes. and His will. Because surrendering your whole life to God is the hardest thing you'll ever do because your will keeps wanting to get in there. And just saying, God, whatever you want, I I accept it. And that's a very, I've seen people really struggle with that, letting God be the only guide in their life. Yeah. And I think what she said too about as far as like um, in all areas of life, um, that the church has kept itself, like we were talking about, in the four walls of the church instead of like God. God expects us to dominate in every area of life. Yeah. You know how the church like separate church and, and state and all that stuff. We're supposed to be in the government. We're supposed to be in the entertainment and the education. We're supposed to infiltrate as well and, and, and dominate it in His name. I just was thinking about that the other day too because I said, what would have happened if the Christians had boldly gone into Hollywood and boldly gone into, you know, stayed in the government and boldly, we would be like almost heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. because. It would be so much more wholesome and so much more, you know. Well, we still have that. We still have the board on our side. So yes. You do. We do. Yeah. Because well, we even, yeah. even after the punishments, you know, the plague and the, and the death, they decided, the, the, the Israelites decided to go in and conquer the land without God. And I'm like, wait, but you just, you know, all this grumbling, and then he tells you about the, the, the 40 year thing, and then you all, all of a sudden just get the courage to want to go and do it oh, no. no, it was still fear again. It was what? We're going to have to wander around again. <laughs> no way. Let's fix this. Let's fix this in our own strength. <laughs> and so that, that speaks a lot, too. Like, you know, a, after you make a mistake, you know, you still have to wait on God and instead of continuing on and trying to fix it in your own strength because that just messes up things even more and they lost that battle. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that, that you know, we talked about Moses couldn't go into the land because he struck the rock and he destroyed the picture of Messiah and had all 12 of their names gone in fulfilling their purpose there would have been a picture of Messiah for the people as they were going in. But they couldn't go in because they destroyed that picture. Their disobedience warped the picture. And and they weren't able, you know, the people the people couldn't see what God was doing because they were not rising to the, the purpose of their names. And and that that destroyed yeah, so names mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Names mm-hmm. mean a whole lot. And I, I had shared this with you and about my name. After all of this had happened to me, and my I was very disillusioned because my family had turned their back on me. The church had turned their back on me. 
And I was very betrayed in having, you know, lost my three daughters. I didn't know where they were. I felt my, my life was just over. And for those that have lost children, it is, your heart is torn. And I decided at that point, I said, I don't want to carry my birth name anymore. And my birth name was Ambato, or is. And my mother would only name us each one name. And, um, but it has a lot of significance. And it was refuge of God. Rock is my rock of my salvation. And, and it also means mercy. And I hated it because it was like a, a heavy name to carry as a child. Mm -hmm. And I was picked on. I felt like Jabez. And even as a little kid, I felt that name was heavy. But when everything started to happen to me, my name, I hated it because I thought, I'm not this. I'm not a wrong. And I just tell Gil, I'm not merciful. I'm not compassionate. I am not this man. I can't. And I hated it again. So I thought, God, I'm going to change my name. But I did not seek him. And I said, Gabriella. And I know that wasn't my choice. I know it was God's because I've got a big mouth. So I think that's why he said, okay, Gabriella. That's mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. But I put a name on me that was a mockery of me as a child. They used to call me Queen. And because they said that I demanded things. And I took that name, and it was a curse upon me. So not that long ago, I said, God, bless my name, because I felt that I needed his blessing over my name. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, I will bless Gabriella, but not Raymond. And he said, you can never run away from your name because your name is here. It's from before the womb. And I said, change my name. I don't want this name on Bible. I don't want it anymore. And he said, your name, when you turn 50, you will be Oceana Gabriella. And God is, you can't get away from your name. And Oceana means shelter. And it means nest and refuge. Mm. I cannot get away from my mm. But it's a much more pleasant name. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a name, there's a lot of meaning. Mm -hmm. This is why I have, I think, the cultures that change your name as you go through, you know, as different things happen, as you, which is the whole... You know, the prayer of Jabez. I don't think that was a prayer that everybody's supposed to pray because it was Jabez saying, my name means destitute and I don't have, it means, yeah, I don't have, but, but the big picture of God's not blessing me. God's not with me. God's not providing for me. God's not, my life is, you know, it, my life is pain because God has cursed me and his prayer. And what I think we count his prayer was let let your glory show so that when people hear my name and see what you've done, they know, he, they know that I am not Jabez. They know that, you know, that may be the name I was given, but you have called me by a different name. 
And the weaknesses in our lives, the things that we struggle with, I think, are the things that God wants to develop so that we can fulfill the purpose he gave us. And when we, you know, like I was saying, when we know what our children, we know their Torah portion, we know their purpose, then we can shore them up and protect them and guide them and mature these areas that they're going to need and identify and help them equip, you know, equip them with with how to handle their weaknesses. Because that's when they have, after they come into their confirmation, that's when the, the Jewish community, being a Jew, at that point when your child does come into the Jewish community as a leader because Bat Mitzvah is so important. This mm-hmm. is why it's such a blessing for you to read your portion mm-hmm. for you to be your your portion. Because at this point from here on out, your name will be changed. And it just may be a name that we identify you with. Yeah, well, she's strong. Mm-hmm. Well, she's powerful. In the future, she's a leader. It may not be that you're going to change your physical name. Right. But it is who you are. Yeah. And this speaks to who you are. And so with Lennox's name, when she came into the Jewish community as a, a family, her name was Aviva, and that was a name that the Lord impressed upon my heart because she is springtime, she's renewal, because she came into our lives when it was renewal. And he said she is a daughter of Aaron, and her portion was Shemitah, and that was the one where his sons came into the presence of the Lord, and they did not give him the right offering. But he said she is, she is. A daughter of God. And she is a cat. So this is powerful. It is. Because right my name means consecrated to God. Mm. And, and it's just like, I remember mom mom and dad were sharing a story with me this morning about how hard it was to get me swimming. You remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, Cause she and, didn't talk until she was around three. Mm. And like, I, I take her to the doctor and I'm like, what's wrong with my kids? She's not talking, <laughs> you know, and it was something so simple. And, you know, I had the other three kids, so she was the baby. So the doctor said, well, how does she let you know what she wants? It's like she points. She, goes, mm. she might make a grunt with it, but she points. And, and he says, and everybody get it from her. And I went, duh, we sure do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why she's not talking. Yeah, I thought you give me some complicated reason why she's not talking. You know? And I was like, because like, no, no, she's efficient. You know, though, because not all not all babies do that, and not all not all older siblings do that. I think that was evidence of you being a leader right from the beginning. <laughs> all yeah, you, she was leading all yeah, the all you had to do was indicate where you wanted people to go, and they followed. And that doctor went and ruined it. You know what? That's true because family Lisa was just so quiet and so sweet and. Mm-hmm. You know, she was able to go in the crowd or play by herself. Mm-hmm. I put bells on her shoes so I know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, okay. 
okay, she's in that toy room. You know, because that's how quiet she was. Yeah. And got along with everybody in the family. So, of course, mm-hmm. you know, we got to give her what she wants. Yeah. And that was people being drawn to your to the leaders, like Deborah setting up, and the thousands and ten thousands of people would come and and line up around the block to hear her her judgments, and and people are drawn to leaders in that way. They're it's not about going out, you know, and getting some degree in leadership or you know. I mean, those things can help because it can help you with it can equip you with tools or different things for different communities, but. You were you were born with that that in you, and people responded to that from early on. And yeah, a lot of people have always been really drawn to me, and yes, but I felt the opposite. True. I felt mm-hmm. like I was drawn to people, but then they say they're drawn to me. You know, and it's like, um, and I feel like I I really can be really caring and passionate for others. And there was a point in my life where I was. Just I can be in the crowd or I can be out of the crowd. I, I just feel like I'm a really flexible person when it comes mm-hmm. to that, and um, I just felt like I got heavily attacked for for the longest. And so it just instead of being like this outgoing, loving, just burst of sunshine for everybody, it turned me into like this concealed. Mm-hmm. like standoffish and people would be drawn to me but I just like push everybody away mm-hmm. and lock myself up so it's like Asetan attacked you at your name yeah he really did he doesn't know everything God wants to do with us but he knows our name yes mm-hmm. yeah so and then he I just and then it got to a point where people just imparted the enemy's message to me so much for so long mm-hmm. I took it on as a belief and that caused me to doubt and hold God in contempt and, and you know, considering God, you know, I, it says, you know, putting him in contempt is beneath your consideration. Like all just everybody feeding me these lies from the enemy made it turn into the truth for myself mm-hmm. and caused me to doubt God. And put God beneath my consideration, and it just like brought negative thing after negative thing after negative thing into my life because I allowed those things to enter into me mm-hmm. that should have never been into me. And so it was just a really negative look out, outlook on life, a really negative look outlook on, on teachers and authority, and just being in, in in that type of position. I just it all looked really really bad to me, and I didn't want anything to do with it, you know. And, because well, God says he loves you, and yeah. and you bought the lie and said, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm and, not good enough, and then I hate right. myself, and I, I have all these things wrong with me. And if, and if this person, this person can't love me for who I am, so I can't love myself for mm-hmm. who I am. And this person walked away from me for this thing and that thing, and there's no grace, and there's no patience, and there's no mercy, and that just bled into my own life. I'm going to tell you, though, the follow-up lie to that, though is um, that God has forgiven you. And if you can't forgive yourself, then you're telling him his forgiveness was misplaced. Yeah. And I I got to a point to where, and, you know, I got to a point to where I no longer held God beneath my consideration. And I just was like... Loving and accepting of what he said of me, not what others say mm-hmm. of me. And it reminded me of the rose. <laughs> the gift you gave me. 
because you said that the, you didn't go to the other lady because she lost her blessing. And that's exactly what I was asking God. I was like, I was put in such a horrible position in life. Did I lose my blessing? And you gave me that. And it was like, kept saying, no, you didn't lose it. You didn't lose your blessing. No, sometimes God holds it on. You know, for the, he knows our thoughts. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't, if somebody refuses it, they may lose that blessing, but there's others to follow. So that's the same thing. And that's what happened to these people. Mm-hmm. They lost that blessing and going into the promised land at that time. But just like the letter Mim, you know, open and close. You know, if it's open, it's his revealed truth. And if it's closed, it's his concealed truth. But it's still his truth. And he still mm-hmm. has promises and blessings for you. So even though they messed up, he still blessed them. Mm-hmm. They got the manna. And they, well, and Joshua and Caleb do were doing what was right. They still had to wait 40 they years to go in. You know, and so sometimes we might think, Sometimes we might think that it's something coming at us, and sometimes, you know, there there was a time where, um, you know, and God had asked me, he goes, you keep asking me to do something with your husband, but then you jump in the way every time, and because, and he says, it's because you're afraid of going through what it's going to take for him to come to where I need him to be. He says, so when you can trust me enough to go through it, no matter how bad it gets, knowing that I'm going to take care of you, then I can move him where I need to move him. And so, you know, as we went through everything, I was like, well, I can, I can go through this because I, it's not about me. God's teaching my husband something. But then on the other side, I'm like, oh, you taught me all these things in the midst of that. So could God have taught me those things in the midst of something else? Yeah, it was in the midst of that because that's what he needed to walk through. So Joshua and Caleb, by the time they went in 40 years later, they were very different people and very different leaders than they would have been then. And so they were, they were also where they needed to be. But going through that forty years, there's gotta have been times where they were like, seriously, (laughs) as people are getting swallowed by the ground and they're sitting back, going, really, what's it gonna take? Yeah, and I mean, and all that devotion for all that long time just developed so much, like a greater character in them to where when Mm -hmm. they did finally get a chance to go in, it was like. Without a doubt. Well, and Joshua standing up, going, you know what? Pick. <laughs> Pick a side. You're either going in or you're not. <laughs> if you're not, move out of the way. I don't want you on the team. You know? <laughs> and he was. You, you know that's got to have been from going through. Yeah. Yeah. It's like me and my house, we pick the Lord. If you pick the Lord, join us. We're going in now. We waited. It's time. You know. <laughs> you know, there's uh, in this passage you may you may be about to cover it, but uh, somebody's name got changed. Yes, Joshua's name got changed. Joshua's name. He was given that name. That name actually in Hebrew, I think, is Yoshua. Yeah. He is the top of Yeshua. Yeah. Bobby. Oh, do you have that toy or does she? Okay, key. Oh, yeah, that's his new special thing. Hey, Bubby. Bubby, when you get it, when she gets it for you, take it up to your room. Put it away. Sometimes you might hate your name like I did, but that's your Then he brings you out. He brings clarity. Yeah. 
But you're right. One of them did get a name change before they went into the ring. You know, something God already knew. You know, God already knew this was going to happen. He's never surprised. And he's never surprised. And the, the enemy for my whole life was trying to make me be one of those tens, one of the ten leaders because he knew that God wanted me to be a certain kind of leader. And he was like, if I could just turn her into one of those ten spies, she'll never, you know, step into right. what God wants her to step into. You know, the, um, I believe him. I believe him. But the word repentance, you know, it means to turn. Mm-hmm. But it also talks about a renewing of the mind. Now, mm-hmm. repentance leads to a renewing of the mind. And I think uh, this has brought to life something that has kind of a bite shown in my mind. Is renewing of the mind really occurs as a result of shifting our focus. The word tells us to meditate. We're to meditate on God's word. Yeah, that's right. Prior to repentance, we meditate on the things. And sometimes we meditate, we're meditating on our lives. Yeah. Meditating on the lives that have been spoken to us for so long that we've even told ourselves. Yeah. And once we've repented and that renewing of the mind takes place, it's taking place through the meditation on the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. And that shifts that focus so that instead of having the focus that the ten had, we have the focus of the two. Yes, yes, yep, the minority, that, that narrow road, you know, and it, it was interesting, too, because that that teaching you gave me, I kept repeating this one verse that I look at every day. It's posted on my computer at work, and I look at it every single morning, and it's, and it's, it's funny because he talked about it, and it, it's the verse where he, um, and it's funny because I don't even remember the, the, where it's located in the Bible, but it's where he says, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. Do not follow the patterns of this world. And that just bleeds out to this. And everything you guys were talking about this morning highlights this whole parashage and, and, and its meaning. You know, and it and it takes me back to, and it even highlights for me the wheat and the tears, which is my one of my favorite parables. Yeah. Because I feel like everything is the wheat and the tears. You know, uh, on that massive, large scale, all the way to your own individual thoughts, everything's the wheat and the tears. There's there's truth, and then there's tradition. Uh, there's humility and humiliation. You know, there's conviction, and then there's and, and then there's condemnation. You know, there's 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 the counterfeit and the actual thing. There's just so much of that in every single little aspect. And if he wants to impart his message at any given second all mm-hmm. the time with those with those things and those words, you know, just, and those are just, you know, there's unity and then there's uniformity. There's these words that sound similar, but they mean very different things. And you can see the enemy in the difference between unity and uniformity and conviction and condemnation you know right and, and all of those things just like kind of you know from that just really speak to me when i when i read this and it really speaks to me when i hear other people talking and discussing like we did this morning and now it's even more highlighted and everything's goes back to that parable for me you know speaking of me when before my husband and i even knew each other when we were little children in school 
we met in like in second, third grade. We each met a little girl named or her named Crystal from another little girl. And both of us just grabbed that name and said, that's what I'm naming my first child or daughter. And when we got together, he said, I love the name Crystal. And I said, I love the name Crystal too. That's what I want to name my daughter. And he said, me too. Oh, wow. And so then we watched Crystal and it's like honesty and, you know, purity. It's just like crystal clear, you know. Yeah. And just I watched her as she was growing up and other little children would, oh, there's Crystal. And I go, how do they know who that is? She does they don't even know her. <laughs> she was a little, you know, I was pushing her in a stroller and they would know her, who she was. And I just thought, I, we walked past a school and the girls in the fence were, oh, there's Crystal. You know? <laughs> and I'm going, how do they know? She's never not with me. <laughs> I've never seen that kid. <laughs> and, and so I just saw that, you know, I watched her. I watched God do things through her. And, and it's so important as moms to see in our children, who are they? Yeah. You know, not who do I want them to be, but who are they? How can I help them become who God wants them to be? What is Dominique's name? Dominique's name means um, child of God. And back in the days in my youth, I had met this this girl whose stage name was Dominique. And I said, that's coming in my next mm. child. But all my kids are D's. Mm -hmm. And um, she fits her name. I mean, ever since she was a little girl, she's very loving. And the older kids, my, because she's like 20, 16 years younger than my, my son, she'd run and hug them. They would run from her because she was just so loving and hugging. And, you know, even today she said she always felt like something was wrong with her because she was so loving and the other kids weren't. But I, they, I guess they were kind of jealous because she was like my older age and I was more knowing in life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so now to this day she says um, she always felt like an only child because she was raised as an only child they were already grown and out of the house but that's not how i know she belonged to jesus and that satan is a liar and this has happened to her before because she left home and went up to canada and she was in darkness up there when she was um, also dealing with this native type of thing and she was actually looking at suicide on the computer mm. and god brought her back here to the light so, I'm, I'm, I said I'm going to the pits of hell with a squirt gun to get her. So, I'm not saving better than I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have my baby. She belongs to Jesus. Well, and I, I told my older daughter, too. One of the things that, that God was showing me recently is that some of the, the things that I did when I was younger and the relationships that I was in when I was younger, um, was with people who God has given me a, a real heart to love, but loving them in an earthly way mm -hmm. is dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. Loving them with God's love is a calling. And so as a child of God, she probably has a, like she's drawn to certain people and certain places and certain things. But when she's going there, not as his ambassador. Mm -hmm. She's being drawn into it. She she doesn't have she's she's not speaking with his authority in the situation. She's not acting as his ambassador. She's there trying to live in that world. Right. And be of that world. Right. Yeah. 
and and that's going to pull her into darkness and if she can if she can go through whatever she needs to go through to get to that place where she can go as God's ambassador to those people who she loves and where she's drawn, she'll be doing a powerful thing that he can use. And she needs it right now. Her heart, her spirit, and her soul needs to know that. So that's my my prayer that when I go in with her, the power of God comes with me and reveals that God opens up the light, brings the light in, and shows her that she will live. Because I mean, she read the book. Um, what, what got her back before? Because she was very angry with the divorce and everything, and, and the separation and being separated from her dad and everything. And she was raised as a Christian. She went to Christian school and everything. I mean, she knew Jesus. And then when the divorce happened, darkness came in, and she was angry at God. But she saw. She was also angry with me because I kept relapsing for two years. I was going through this thing, and so she didn't know, or she couldn't even trust her mother anymore. The one thing she me. And once she saw that I was again in the night, she read the book, The Shack. That's what brought her back. And she mm-hmm. said, Jesus is a hippie. I knew it. Yeah. And she and, you know, it was about Yeshua. And she just had his pictures on the walls and everything. And then that thing we moved here. Like I said, she went up to Canada and went through that thing. Then you know, intercessory prayers. So praying, nothing like a praying mom. Right. Oh yeah. And so when a praying grandma, I tell you. So like, I, like my older daughter said, my mother, my mother prayed me back to Jesus. She would not leave me there. She she went to a mosque and got married to a Muslim guy and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what, devil, you a liar. You told me my children belong to you, and and you gave them to me. They're yours before they're mine, and I'm a battle for them. Mm-hmm. The devil better read the Bible, not you. It's a Jesus. Amen. I'm going in there with water. That's awesome. I got holy water and I got my holy yeah. water and everything. That's that, that sweat. Let me tell you, when I went in with my daughter, my older daughter, she actually was going to see this um, woman that's psychic. Mm-hmm. And she asked me for money. Me and my, my friend, we rode over there with her. My friend is um she's a Catholic, so she and she is um Ecuadorian, so they kinda like on the fence about that kind of stuff. But she didn't get out the car. So I got out the car and I go into this um brownstone with my daughter. And at the time my daughter was pregnant and the, the mother who my daughter was supposed to see wasn't there, but the, the daughter was there. So this young woman with her two sons answered the door. Oh, my mom's not here, but come in. I'll give you your reading. And I'm like, yeah, come on. Let's go in. Yeah, so let's go. go. We sit down, and her two little sons are sitting there, and they and I see little demons in them. I see. I see them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there. And so my daughter, I give my daughter the money, and she gives it to her. And the little boy goes, pointing at me, you're going to jail. And I remember before when I did this when I was younger, and this woman told me I was going to jail, and I went to jail, and that felt not now, no. I said, You're going to hell. And the dishes, oh my gosh, started falling down. And then they was like, Get out, get out. I said, like, Yeah, you keep that 20. Come on, yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> buy some new dishes. <laughs> And that's what I've been, that's what God prayed, (laughs) that the blinders will come off, that she'll see clearly. Yeah. When she invited me, 
Because she hasn't invited me. And I, and I don't want to say, oh, can I go with you? No. Because yeah. well, she knows what. Yeah, she knows the story. I think she might have forgotten it. And last week she said, do you want to come with me? I said, I'd be honored. Or she might remember and she might want to know what will happen if you come. Maybe yeah. she's Sometimes feeling she that sense does. of maybe she's, she's starting to wonder if this is an okay thing yeah. and she knows if you're there she'll find out that's right that's right and the holy spirit is that water little in the squirt bottle there yes yeah. <laughs> like i'll bring it i'm telling you so when she invited me like i would be honored yeah. Yes, let's go. Was there anything else you wanted to share, Lisa, or you wanted to no, do the half Torah? I just made a few notes, which um, about the whole the whole leadership situation and how I, my note says the fruit was literally in their hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that they spoke out against it, you know, like they employed the wrong message. But I put when leaders believe or do not truly believe the covenant for themselves, they can't impart it to others. Mm-hmm. And, and negative reports break the bond of that covenant and prevents future blessings. And then I had another note that's, that uh, says, a test is not intended to harm God's people, but to build courage and faith in the hearts of men. Courage is learned, not imparted. Over, overcoming worldly ways that... <clears throat> That all um, overcoming worldly ways that lead to destruction will enable God's truth and believers to empower them to walk upright in their in their salvation. And um, it just it just spoke a lot to me because I let a lot of people impart a lot of bad things, into mm-hmm. me. but not anymore. Good, amen. Thank you so much for sharing because that was so powerful. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Lisa drops the mic and is all. That's funny because I used to I used to be a rapper. Really? Really? You taught? You spoke? You spoke in powerful words? Really? And I used to write poetry a lot, too. And uh, when I was going through hard stuff in my time, like, I just stopped doing music and stopped writing. And I haven't done it since. So I'm curious if God would. I know he's probably not like Lisa go up there and rap. But you know what? The confidence to rap is the same confidence to go up and speak his word. So if he can give that back. Yeah, that's what that means. That spoken word. Yeah, I like spoken word a lot, and I just kind of everything just didn't come out. Nothing came out of me anymore. Some of that stuff's out there pretty evil. Well, you got to be careful with Christian rap. Some of that stuff's out there pretty evil. Well, you got to be careful with Christian rap. I don't even like listening. Oh no, because if you're not able to hear it, you know, because a lot of them, if you really listen to it, you're like. There are songs that I mean, been, some Christian rappers can, you know, but that you have to really select the song because they're talking yeah, so fast, most say, people don't hear it. I know, I know a lot of people are just like, oh, it's Christian rap, I'll just throw on a Christian rap radio and go with it, and then all of a sudden I'll hear something. Like, what? Yeah, so I, I don't, I listen, I pretty much listen to the stuff you and Gabriella listen to, and then. 
every now and then I'll have some spoken word in there or some Christian map in there, but I have to be really careful. To, you have to be really careful mm-hmm. what you listen yeah. to. Mm-hmm. What I know. You we went to yeah. a, a concert. Yeah. And yeah, the, the first people, I go, you know, the words were going up there. I go, what are they even saying? Yeah. You know? I go, it's not making any sense to me. Well, and it was things like, you know, it's a call to arms, and it's a call to, and, and I'm going, sounds very militant, and yeah. very, <laughs> you know, and, and I was also struck at, and, you know, going back to, like, the cultural influence and the cultural issues, I was struck very, and this happens to me sometimes, we have language within communities that means well, we assume it means the same thing to everybody else in the community as it does to us, but that's not always a, like you're saying. Just because it's Christian rap doesn't mean you can just put it on and and go. And and there are sometimes where I understand that there are there's military imagery in scripture, and I understand you know there's a lot of times where I'm like, okay, I get that. And then sometimes, but sometimes I hear it from someone, and I go, they don't mean it that way. But, but even th- like they kept talking. But then there's also where if people outside, even if we're all meaning it the same way, if people outside of the community hear it, sometimes we're just not careful about what we say. And they're talking about, you know, set fire to our churches. And I'm like, wow, somebody who doesn't understand the spiritual imagery of fire hears that. That sounds really aggressive and really, you know, <laughs> you know, we, gosh, no wonder a lot of people look at churches and go, I don't understand what you're teaching in there. You're going to set fire to your churches? What are you doing? You know, yeah, call the, are you going to go in with military weapons? This is Waco, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, well, and, and what they might have meant wasn't what they were saying. Right. Right. You know, and just, yeah, right. Because, you know, yes, the fire does come on us and we go out. And we're, but we can't even set fire to it. It's, it's God who's. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit that comes in. Because when fire in God's fire God's doesn't rabbit. burn the bush, God's fire, yeah, the bush still true. lives. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, we, we don't grab the Holy Spirit. We sit and wait and come in. Oh, I would be greedy if I could. Yeah. So, Gil, looking forward to hearing what you have to add to all that. Well, just keep in mind. The Hofter is a shorter film. Oh my goodness. <laughs> was, yours, was it yours to have? Yeah, but yeah, you know, Gil, Gil, you're the dessert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the flavor we're going to have on our tongue when we leave is going to be this nice, it's going to wrap, sum it all up and, and be this nice little Christmas nugget of tasty. Sabbath, don't Gil's like, yeah, okay, now I'll teach. <laughs> well, well, that and, and that was that was awesome. It really, I, I'm awesome. You said teaching everybody. I, I, I think the word yes, it was, it was awesome. Um, 
the Hathor portion uh, is it really picks up uh, 40 years later <laughs> yeah. from where this leaves off in the Torah portion. But uh, we, we sort of pick up with Yehoshua uh, in uh, chapter 2. The, uh, it's all of chapter 2 of Joshua. And uh, sit and read the whole thing. But uh, there's a few interesting points that I like to bring out. And I got a couple of little complimentary, complimentary scriptures that I like to tie together with it as well. But uh, in chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says that Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. I think it's interesting that right off the bat, we are faced with this same decision. This time, this time, it's not 12. I'm sending two. Mm. Two came back with a good message. I'm going to send two. Yeah. I don't trust him. Like, this group thing is not. That's right. I don't need a minute. Right. I, I need a couple of minutes. And I'm not trying to convince anybody. I just want to. Because I think that was part of what Moses wanted. If I send a leader from every community, because, you know, he's been dealing with their they don't want to follow. They'll come back. They'll tell them, and and then they can each go to their people and get them on board. Yeah, and so Josh was like, "No, get two people. Let's get me, let's get some facts." And Rahab, I think, is is an interesting. It's, it's interesting that they come to lodge in the house of Rahab because Rahab was. As the word calls it, she was termed a harlot. Uh, and it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the spies were found out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, uh, who have encamped you, uh, excuse me, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the women... Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut and it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. So she sent them on a wild goose chase. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them from the stalk, with the stalks of flax which he had uh, laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued him by the road to the Jordan to the fords and as soon as those who pursued, pursued them had gone out they shut the gate. So why did Rahab? Why would Rahab? First of all I think it's interesting that she's, she's portrayed as a harlot. Um, and so she's an unlikely character. And I'll just throw okay. this out. I put these notes together. Um, and really, the, there's been a little change in direction as a result of what, I'm, what we've already heard. <laughs> but, uh, have you ever asked yourself what it means to serve God, to serve Yeshua? If, if I ask this question today, there would likely be a variety of answers. And uh, allow me to, to narrow the question a bit. Does serving God mean, have, mean having an intellectual understanding of Him, or is it trusting and believing in that God we cannot see. The portion from Joshua speaks to the faith of the Hebrew spies who ventured into the middle of enemy territory to scout their city and defenses. 
the enemy becomes aware of their presence and begins to look for them but can't find them thanks to the efforts of an unlikely person, Rahab. Rahab tells the spies that the power of the God of Israel has been communicated to the people of Jericho and all their courage is gone. Just the knowledge. This is this is the God whose exploits are now forty years old. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't even know that that's why they're out there for forty years. They're right. like they're casing this joint for forty years. Right. What are they going to do? Exactly. Ooh, what if they come in while I'm here? <laughs> and I love the fact that she believes without ever having seen any of God's miracles firsthand. Mm-hmm. Risks her own life to save theirs. Her risk is greatly rewarded because she and her whole household was saved because their home was marked with a scarlet thread. Mm-hmm. It sounds a little like Passover. Yeah. yeah. And she all rolled together, right? So it's a beautiful story. I love how beautiful piece of history. I love how the the completion occurs through Yahushua. The promise begins with the children of Israel and is completed through the deliverance of Yahushua. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you'll indulge me, uh, turn to, uh, if you've got your Bible. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded a little bit like this. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 18. Um, it's uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 18. And this just kind of speaks to the issue of faith. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall and that may, may also consider that a prophet? Mm-hmm. How shall they preach unless they are sent? Uh, the word in this translation is a proclaimer, proclaimer. which I really like. Either, however, whatever means, right. they're declaring Somebody's it. Declaring, That's proclaiming right. The truth of God. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. And so it is, it is the Word of God then that is important for us to be able to hear that and that the Word of God helps to, to create that faith in us. Drawing that back to the Hophorah portion, I think it's really interesting that the whole city of Jericho had a tremendous amount of faith in God that they had not seen. They only heard His Word. They only heard Word of Him. Not necessarily his word. And Rahab took the right approach to the whole thing because she wanted to be a servant of this God that she had heard about. Right. And, Amen. Uh, one, one thing, just real quick, I want to throw in there. Um, just some, just learn, looking into the word that where that's translated harlot, um, just because it's so often used for women in the Old Testament. And one one of the things that, that I found very fascinating is that 
there's essentially one main word for any woman who's not a virgin who's not currently married. And so because she was in a Canaanite city, she may have been, you know, she may have been involved in being a temple prostitute or she may have been, you know, with multiple men or, but, but so often we hear harlot and we think, Oh, a prostitute. And it's not, and, and it wasn't necessarily that because, um, you know, it also, it's translated innkeeper. And it's very possible that she just had kids and no husband and was making ends meet by taking in people who needed a room for the night. And I've just heard so many teachings on that story that are like, yeah, they got into town and they went and found, you know, the the local prostitute. And I'm like, what, the, the righteous men that Joshua sent? That was... That was their first thought when they got into to the town they were supposed to be scoping out was, you know, hey, let's take a little break from that assignment and you know, focus on the local, the local harlot. And, and, and yet she was, she was somebody and, you know, she, she was a God-fearer. And her, whether, you know, we don't know whether her actions reflected that because she didn't know enough to know, I mean, she, she hadn't yet heard the law. She didn't yet know what was expected, but she knew enough to say, you know, oh, you're from, yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of respect for that God. Mm-hmm. I know, I, I see what's coming down the, the lane. I want to be on your team. You know, let's put that scarlet, you know, <laughs> thing in my window. Let's get my family covered and protected. And and so it, it is, it is a, unlike the, it, you know, the connection you're making, the Israelites who should have known because they went through the exodus. They, they saw all the miracles and they heard a bad report and went, Oh, we're not going in there. Whereas she doesn't know anything, but she hears a report that this God's out there doing something. And she goes, yeah, whatever it is, sign me up. I'm part of it. You know, I, I've been trying to figure out how to, how to, you know, get involved in this and here you are. So yeah, let's do this thing. And, and, and I'll protect you. And, and yet where the Israelites really had nothing to lose because God was on their side, she does this not knowing anything about his protection and whether or not it will even be for her. She's just going to do the right thing because, because she's so moved. She, she so responds to this message of God and, and the, the information that she's hearing. When she hears it, she doesn't get scared. No, actually, she risked everything. Right. Because she risked being, she was already on the fringes of society. Right. In, in Jericho, right? I mean, she lived at the outer wall. Mm-hmm. They pushed the people they didn't want to be around. Yeah. And there she is in that position, and she is siding with the enemy. Right. So if this doesn't work out, she's going to die. Yeah, everybody else has moved to fear. She's moved to faith. Mm-hmm. She's moved to faith. And that's always one of the things I know that once I keep it going, that's sure it probably won't matter. But my heart always wonders why do certain people we hear the same thing but we respond differently? What makes what makes my heart so open to God and somebody who's been raised around and say like a preacher's kid not be able to see it? You know, I know He knows the answer because He knows our hearts. But like, why why does she have so much faith and they saw it and didn't? And it's just a, that's just like the difference between the ten spies and the right, two spies. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We see we see pictures of that. I think all through the world where yeah. Yeshua tended to be much more effective when he was dealing with the people who weren't considered 
good Christian. Right. Right. It was when he went into the temple that he ran into the people that were hard-hearted, that were ingrained in their doctrine. And I heard there's a, I don't know if y'all ever hear or heard of uh, Dr. Michael Maiden here in town with uh, Church of Nations. I've listened to him a few times and I love to listen to him occasionally. But one of the things I heard him say one day, and I hope I get it right, is, is doctrine without experience is religion. Mm-hmm. And experience without doctrine, oh, and this is the part I get lost in, whether it's <laughs> chaos or heresy, but it's like when the two come together, that's yeah. relationship, that's the fellowship right. with God. And sometimes we get too hung up on, we've got one thing without the other. And, and we're out of balance. And then the, I think in many cases, people who are outside the religious world are have hearts that are open for change. Right. And God can work in those hearts. You know, he's, that, that's a, a willing vessel that wants, is hungry for something to hold on to that's real. Well, then sometimes you're in the religious world. And like me, I was hungry for the truth. Amen. And I find it fascinating that most of the churches I was involved in didn't want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Exactly. But the Holy Spirit is the one out there moving in everybody's hearts, Christian or non-Christian, right. teaching them, drawing them to God. Right. And right. that's how this woman who's walking up the hill, the minute she heard the truth, mm-hmm. she said, that's why you called me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that's, and, when, and I've had those experiences. This is the truth. All that stuff I've been hearing is not the truth. And well, and we kind of talk going back to the the debater that that I was talking about earlier. One of the things that that God was putting on my heart, He goes, He goes, my ministry, God, you know, what, He goes, what I do is for the people who know they're sick, mm-hmm. the people who think they're well, the people who. Who don't think they need anything? The people who do that, you know. Oh, convince me! Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to, you know, show me. show me where what I'm already believing is wrong. You know, and I want it done in this particular way that I need to hear it. But the, when when people know they're sick and they're looking for answers and they're crying out to God and they're saying, "Where are you in this?" or crying out to you know whoever they they might not know who the, to call it God or they might not know, and but they want to know. Yes. And that's where God wants to be there and meet them. He wants the people who can go and go, oh, you're crying out. God is who you want. This is, this is the answer. This is how he's, he's wanting to do. He wants to help. Oh, that area of your life you don't know what to do, he's got answers. Yeah. Um, you know, and not, not, not answers that, that let us go, oh, now I've got it all figured out, but answers that make us go, oh, I need to understand this answer now. I need to wrestle with this deeper. I need, you know, and so... Not that the people who with the heart, you know, who aren't hearing or who aren't wanting to listen, God knows where they are too. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who who are saved but don't really know to ask anymore or don't. Really, it's it's the different love. It's the part the part is again. It's the there's what's on the surface, and then there's that moment where someone goes, "Wait, but what about this?" And then they start, you know, and and a lot of times. Everybody has the ability to do that. It's just when it's woken up in them. Mm-hmm. And when they when they think about it enough to go, wait. Some people, maybe all they can handle is the surface. 
you know, I feel like a great habit. Let's just, you know, to save argument, let's say that she was a, you know, prostitute. And, but God is so gracious because she did have a choice. She didn't have to help. But God used this person that was a pariah of society. Mm -hmm. And he still was able to use her. And because he used a broken vessel. And he fixed it by mm -hmm. putting himself in that line of genealogy. Rahab is his ancestor. Mm -hmm. And that is so, so wonderful how no one is that broken that cannot be used by the Lord. Mm -hmm. And um, that is a, that's and she. I think that's that's a point that it was it was actually on my heart before you spoke it. It's one of the reasons why that a, the picture maybe of a person who's not open to listening to anything, maybe a little hung up in maybe in the doctrine and religious belief, mm -hmm. it is in uh, rigid. Mm -hmm. It might be the pot that hadn't been broken, right? Mm -hmm. Because the the word pictures. God is being potter. He wants to mold us. And he wants to make us into that beautiful thing that He intended us to be ever since you know, he, he spoke life into us. And He can't mold us until He breaks us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes maybe the reason that it seems like one hears more quickly than the other is because that vessel's already broken mm -hmm. and ready for the mold for the potter's hands. Yeah. yeah. And the other vessel's so hard. Yeah. Wow. That's why the messages keep coming around. Yeah. Because they'll, you know, you might be planting a seed that they can't hear yet, and later yeah. on they're broken, and that seed gets in. And then somebody else will water it. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah, some people need a little more water than others. And some people don't need to be broken. They just love God, and they just want to know everything that they can know about God. They aren't hard so to begin with. Yeah. That's what I find is amazing about God, is He just meets everybody in all different they, ways where they're at yeah. and you can't put him in a box or you know he's just, he just goes in and says this person's broken they need to be fixed this person is really loving me hey come and learn some more yeah. and this person you know and he just made a whole bunch of different people yeah. he knows our hearts yeah mm -hmm. and so we get drawn to him Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit's out there trying to draw everybody to Him. Mm -hmm. And there are those who respond at the times when they can respond. Well, if uh, I can indulge you to turn to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 30 and 31. Yeah. This text is it was Hebrews 11 what? Verses 30 and 31. Okay. It says, uh, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Mm -hmm. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'll read awesome. it, if I may. Sure. My translation, by trusting the walls of Jericho fell down. After the people had marched around for seven days, by trusting Rahab, the prostitute welcomed the spies and therefore did not die along with those who were disobedient. Mm-hmm. 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 
So Rahab, uh, she certainly wasn't, uh, and, and I've already said it, so I won't reread my notes, but uh, <laughs> you know, she's, she probably wasn't considered one of the good Christian folks. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but she was a good, willing, open Amen. heart vessel right. ready mm-hmm. to God working, that was listening mm-hmm. to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit moved them. Right. Certainly to do those things. So, and I go back, um, just kind of bringing it all together to this discussion of faith, because who wrote the Bible? We're taught to consider our audience when we write or speak a message to people. This is considered a good communication skill. So, do you think that God knew who he would be speaking to before the word was ever written on his scroll? Do you believe that God's Holy Spirit inspired every word that is in the word of God? I do. And I believe that he knew exactly how the word would be communicated today. I leave you with this final thought. The Holy Spirit inspired the word of God in the Bible. Essentially, he is the father of the word. Holy Spirit came upon Mary in order for the Son of God to be placed in her womb. John 1.1 tells us that Yeshua is the word made flesh. We trust Yeshua by faith, and we trust God's word by faith. Serving Amen. God, we trust in Him and His word in this world. To trust His word is to trust Yeshua and vice versa. Salvation cannot be found without trust in God. So, Amen. Well, and if I could offer just one final thought from this this Hebrews passage, going back to what they were afraid of, where they said, we can't attack these people and win. And we don't learn what, we don't learn God's response to that. Like we don't, we don't learn the full picture until they go in because they, they don't go in and attack. They walk around it. And then on Shabbat, they blow shofars, and God brings it down. God was never going to ask them to attack it in the first place. God knew they couldn't attack it. That wasn't the plan, though, so it didn't matter. It reminds me of uh, what uh, was written in Proverbs, that we should lean not to our own understanding. Mm -hmm. Because that was them. They had their own understanding, their own idea of what was going to happen. That was not what God had in mind. God's giving us this. Obviously, there's going to be a battle. You know, well, maybe obviously not. (laughs) So, amen. Well, let's, Lord, we just thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for for just everything that you've brought out in conversation and allowed us to share and learn from each other. And, and, And as we go forth this week, let us just meditate on your word even more and, and, and incorporate these things into our lives and recognize where our own reactions are, are a choice between fear and faith and to just give us that extra bit of courage to, to stand in faith that moment longer to see what you're going to do. And we just thank you, Lord. And, and we just ask you to help us keep our eyes on you and not on our circumstances. Help us to, to seek your solution and not fret about how our solutions probably aren't going to work. And we just thank you, Lord, that, that you have, have just made yourself known to us in a deeper way. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you.